Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Hey, Renaissance. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Ren, and we're so excited to see you guys here today. In fact, we want to also welcome our online audience. Uh, wherever you're watching, at whatever time you're watching, we're so glad you could join us and tune in. Um, listen, is there a time where you have felt, because I know I have, unqualified, right? Inadequate. Just unable. There was a picture, December 2018. Right, this is a couple weeks after we had had our, our last child. I've got six beautiful kids, one in heaven, and this is an amazing, hot, smoking wife, Jen. I love them all. But this is two weeks after the birth of my last child, and it's a couple weeks before Christmas. And I find out that uh, I've lost my job. I am laid off. And the thing, the thing that was great about uh, the Lord in that, that time is that that week prior, both Jen and I had been woken up in the middle of the night with, with dreams. And these were like, you know, you, you have pizza or something, you have a dream and you, you forget about it. You don't even remember the next morning. You're like, oh, I should write that down. But no, this was, these were dreams that we were, they were vivid. We kind of remembered them and then we talked about them and we're like, what is God really speaking through these dreams? And we're not one, neither one of us are ones that would say, hey, God speaks to me through dreams all the time or ever, really. So this was kind of a, a unique thing. And, and so through that week, we, we both uh, really sensed like there's a transition coming up. Like we don't know kind of what it's going to look like, what's going on, and, and just kind of be ready and prepared. And, and then so that Friday morning, I go into work and, and I find out that I've lost my job and I've, I've been laid off. And so I call her and I'm home by lunch. And she's like, you know, uh, what's going on? And I'm like, I was let go today. And even though it was a gut punch, there was also this, this piece that it was, it was going to be okay. Cause God had been speaking to us that week. And, uh, but l- let me tell you, even though God had been speaking that week and kind of preparing us for it, I still felt so inadequate. Right. And then as I began to, to look for employment and it took longer than I thought it would to, to find a, a job to provide for my family, and I was, I was feeling unqualified. The interesting thing is, I'd put in applications and say, "Well, you're overqualified for this." I'm like, well, "Do you pay in American dollars? Because that's that's what I'm qualified to to earn, right?" And so, we just walking through that time, learning what I thought I had known, what I thought I had learned before, to to just trust God, to trust and obey. And that he really does have my best interest in mind and that he, he really will, if we'll allow him, lead us through those, those difficult seasons. So I felt very unqualified, very inadequate, very unable, right? And, and learn to, to trust God and obey what he would, would say. Uh, can I tell you that um, there's, there's examples that we have in Scripture all throughout the Bible and we're, and we're going we're gonna to look at a few of those today. Let me, let me pray with us. God, I just pray that you would open your word to us, that you would pierce our hearts and our minds with the truth of your word. God, that you would reveal more of who you are, more of your nature, more of your, your character, 
more of your wisdom, more of your love to us this morning in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine being Noah and God coming to speak to you and saying, I want you to build this ark. I'm going to give you the plans to do it. I'm going to show you what to do, but it's this big structure, right? You've never seen rain before. You've never seen a boat before. There's no way Noah felt prepared. There's no way Noah was like, yeah, I got this. There's no way he, he felt adequate for that task. And yet God is speaking to him in the midst of a crazy culture, right, where everyone's heart is bent towards evil. And he's calling him, oh, and by the way, while you're building that, that boat, I want you also to preach this message of repentance, right, to people who are, their hearts are bent towards evil all the time, right? Imagine being a queen, right? You just won a beauty contest and your queen and the previous, the reason why you're queen, because the previous queen said a few wrong words in front of the king, right? And, and she's, she's no longer there. She's been removed. And your people are, are, your Jewish people are facing annihilation and you're the one to speak to the king. But you've seen what happens when you come before the king and speak, right? Uninvited, unannounced. And so you're fearful about it. And you say, finally, because you are, are in a place where you're trusting God, you say, if I perish, I perish, right? For such a time as if God has placed me here because of that trust and obedience, right? Imagine being Moses, right? We see Moses and he's saying, I can't speak. You want me to, to, to go and, and tell Pharaoh, like the leader of the free world at the time, not free world, the leader of the slave world at the time. You want me to go and, you, and speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go? That's what you want me to do? I can't, I, I don't speak well. I can't do that. Listen, I've already been kind of kicked out. I ran away from that country about 40 years ago and really don't want to go back. I've been kind of living in hiding all this time, right? Inadequate, unqualified. And yet God uses him. And we know Moses is the, the deliverer. We know Moses is the let my people go, the Charlton Heston, right? We've seen, some of us have seen the movie. Some of you are like, who's Charlton Heston, right? God comes to Gideon. He come, he come, the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and, and finds him in the wine press threshing wheat. That's not where you thresh wheat. That's not where you, you get your grain. And he's in there hiding from the Midianites because he's scared and this angel of the Lord is like Jesus appearing in the Old Testament through the angel of the Lord. This Christophany shows up to him and he calls him mighty man, mighty hero, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, huh? I'm the weakest of my clan. And, and my tribe is the smaller. What, what are you coming to me telling me I'm the mighty man of valor? And God uses him and he's the one that becomes the mighty man. See, God, he has this thing where he can't separate the end from the beginning. He's not, he's not caught in this, this, this timeline that we are. And so he, he looks at us and he doesn't, doesn't just see potential. He sees who we really are. And he sees what we're really able to do when we are, trust and obey. And so he sees Gideon and he calls out of him what's in him. You're a mighty man of valor. And we see that time and time again. In the New Testament, one of his closest followers, Peter, denies him three times. And yet his first sermon brings 3,000 people to Christ. Right? Paul's the murderer. 
that, that is against the, the early church, who's persecuting the early church, and yet he's the one who writes most of the New Testament and brings the gospel to Europe. God is about using those who seem unfit, unqualified, inadequate, but when they trust and they obey and they put their faith in the one who is able, we're able to see them become who God knew they already were because it was in them. Today, I want us to, to really kind of dig into to Jeremiah. Jeremiah arguably is one of the, the, the most major prophets in the, in the Old Testament. And where Paul wrote most of the, the New Testament, Jeremiah is going to be the one who's, who's accounted for, for a lot of the Old Testament. Jeremiah, Lamentations, the Kings. So Jeremiah, he's grown up in this turbulent culture, right? It's something that we can probably identify with, with our culture of today. Right? After David, they, they had these, uh, King David was a man after God's own heart and he was a king after God's own heart. And then we have this succession of kings who, who slowly are going away from the Lord. They're not following him. They're worshiping other gods, bringing in foreign idols. And it gets to this place where there's this guy named Manasseh. He's the king and he is evil, evil. He brings the foreign idols into the temple. He's, he's so evil that they even begin to, to worship foreign gods that, that are sacrificing their kids. And so God pronounced judgment because of, of the evil that was in Manasseh's heart. So Manasseh has a son, Ammon, and his, his reign is only two years, and they kill him, and then they put in Josiah. And Josiah is the, the king where Jeremiah comes up under, and uh, Jeremiah's dad is, is Hilkiah. He's the high priest at the time. And so Josiah is eight years old, right? And he's king. And Hilkiah, the high priest, finds the book of the law in the, in the temple, right? It's, it's under a bunch of stuff. He finds it. He pulls it out. It hasn't, it's not been followed. We, remember, we had Manasseh. We had Ammon. We're not following the Lord at all. We've lost all of that, that culture. And and so they're, they're pulling it out and, and he's reading it before Josiah, the new child king. And, and Josiah is cut to the heart and he begins to remove all the foreign gods. He begins to institute Passover again and all, all the, the religious festivals and begins to worship the Lord again. But the Israelite leaders are still corrupt. And that corruption is, is mainly for the the wit towards the widows and the orphans and the in immigrants, the, the vulnerable. Not only that, the people, they'll, they'll worship in the temple, but then they're also worshiping the foreign gods. So their hearts aren't turned towards God. They're, they're doing that lip service and then also worshiping other gods. So this is the, the turbulent culture and the, and the turbulent nation that he fi finds himself in, Jeremiah. It is so bad that, that God is bringing that judgment. And he says, uh, he uses this language. I'm going to wipe you as one wipes a dish, right? There's going to be judgment. There's going to be discipline that is brought because of the evil that is in, in you. So they have, they've broken that covenant relationship that they had with God. God said, listen, I want to bless you. I want you to be my people and I'm going to be your God. And we're going to have this covenant relationship. And if you obey my commandments, then, then this blessing and this, this uh, relationship is going to come towards you. And, the, and they break that covenant. 
by, by having that, that evil and that, that heart towards evil continually. And so with that, that broken covenant now, that discipline, that destruction is coming. And Jeremiah is the one who's tasked to do it. And Jeremiah, much like Moses and Gideon and, and so many of the others said, God, I'm, I'm too young. I can't, I can't speak. Like, words are hard. Like, I, send somebody else. I, anybody else. Right? And we find that, that Jeremiah, when, he, when he's tasked to do this, is he's in his late teens. He may be 20. Right? And he's, he's, he's asked to do this. And we pick it up, if, you, if you'll turn with me to, to Jeremiah 1. Starting in verse 4, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah replies, Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, I put my words in your mouth. See, today I point you over the nations and the kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow. That speaks of the judgment. But to build and to plant. So he also has this message of grace and this message of hope. Skip down to verse 17. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall. Stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. That's, that's pretty much everybody. Stand against everybody. And they will fight against you but will not overcome you for I am with you and I will rescue you declares the Lord. See the Israelites really, they broke it into kind of two camps. One said, we're going to join with the other nations, right? Babylon is, is coming to, to bring us, to take us into exile. They're take, taking over all these, these nations and we're going to join with these other nations and we're going to fight. All right, so we're going to choose the path of violence. We're going to, we're going to fight Babylon, and we're going to join these other nations. And then you had the other, the other group that said, you know what, we're, we're, going to just, we're going to try to surrender. We're going to just appease. We're going to join Babylon and just live to fight another day. We don't, we don't want to, like, we're just, we're just trying to appease them. We don't want to, and God's saying, no, neither, neither one's right. I want you to come, and I want you to say, yes, I'm bringing discipline, but there's also mercy. I'm bringing judgment, but there's hope. And if you will trust, and if you will obey as I walk you through this season, right, then I will bring you back. And so this is the message that Jeremiah is tasked with, with saying. And, and Jeremiah, we see him building confidence in, as he comes before kings and he shares the, these words of judgment and he shares the, these words of, of discipline that's coming, but also of the, the hope and, and of, of, the, of the mercy. See, there's that, God brings that third, that third option. The third option is to trust him and obey. The third option is to, 
even in a chaotic situation, even in uh, a stressful situation, even in the midst of unemployment or, or whatever you're facing, trust and obey. Right, his message spanned four decades. His message to Israel spanned four decades and it was of that judgment and of that hope to uproot and tear down, but also to plant and to build up. And so maybe t- Jeremiah 29, 11 for you is on a, on a coffee mug, right? Maybe it's, it's on a plaque on your wall or maybe it's your life verse and, and maybe today you're hearing it for the first time in context. Let's go there, but let's back up a little bit to verse 10. It says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise to bring you back to this place. Verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, right? Plans for good, plans to prosper you. And not to harm you, not for evil, not for destruction to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. Then you will seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore to you your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place for which I've sent you into exile. The third option is to trust me and obey. Yes, it's going to be 70 years of exile. There is discipline there. There is judgment, but there's also hope. I'm going to restore you. That's, that's kind of the heart I want to have as a parent when I am disciplining my kids. You know, I I think it's funny sometimes when my kids look at other kids that are just going nuts. Like I'm proud that I can, we can go to a restaurant with six kids like, not all families can do that. Sometimes they can't do that with two kids. Like, and, and they'll, see, they'll see the family in the restaurant or they'll see the family out in public and they'll be like, I don't, I don't think they got any spankings, Dad. You know, and, and they, they notice when, when kids aren't disciplined. And we, you know, we discipline because we love and that's, that's because that's what we found in, in Scripture when God says, I discipline those that I love. So God speaks right? It's us. It's Jeremiah. It's the Moses. It's the Peter. It's the Paul. It's the Josh. That when God speaks, we move. When God speaks, we obey. When God speaks, we, we trust. When God speaks, we listen to his voice, right? Here's the, the cliche of the day, right? God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called, He's not scared about your past. He's not scared about your inadequacies. He's not scared about you feeling unqualified. He's not taken by surprise. He ain't scared. He knows you. I love that that Jeremiah 1.5. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. In fact, he sees you at, even at your end. He knows who you are becoming. He knew that you would be born and be alive in this season of 2020, right? He knew the family you'd be born into, the job that you would have, the friends that you would be surrounded with. So what does this mean, right? What is, what is, 
how, how can we take what God did through Jeremiah, through Peter, through Paul, through Moses, through Gideon, through all these guys, what does it mean for us? It's that same word to you. Before you were formed, God knew you. Renaissance needs you. God knew you would be a part of this church. Your family needs you. Your coworkers need you. Your friends, they need you. If you turn to Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we're his workmanship. Another verse that says masterpiece. And he knows who we are and he has actually prepared good works for us to do beforehand. He has, he had, he has a plan. And so knowing who you are, knowing when you were going to be born, knowing what friends were going to surround you, knowing what, where your job was going to be, God prepared good works for you to do in advance. Maybe your ark, right, this thing that you've never seen before, you don't know how to build. Maybe for you it's a marriage. I don't know how to be a, a good husband. I've never seen right? Both, both sides of my family have ended in, in divorce and I haven't seen a good father. I didn't have a good father. I don't know how to be a good mother. I don't know how to be a good employee. Maybe your ark is something that, that you're facing. I don't know how to build and you, and you need to trust God and obey him through that to teach you how to be a good father, how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to be a good mom, how to be a good friend, how to be a good employee. Right? Your message of, of hope is for your coworkers. It's for the people that God knew you would be around. Your message of hope is for your world. Yes, there are some people who are, are going to be the Billy Graham, right? They're going to be the huge name. They're going to be the ones who, who reach thousands. But the ones that are on your living room floor playing those games, mamas, that's, that's your world, and those are the ones that as you hear God's voice and you trust and you obey, God, help me be a good mom that can raise kids who love you and value other people. Right? God knew you would be born into 2020. He knew that you'd be choosing, where do I send my kids to school? What do I do with this new work at home? What do I do with this newfound job loss? Right? God knew what was going to be happening in 2020. And he's prepared good works ahead of time for you to do and walk in. Not only that, but he's prepared you to walk through the season, trusting and obeying his voice, trusting in him, knowing that, yes, he's got plans to prosper and plans to give you a future and a hope, even in the midst of a chaotic season. Trust and obey in every situation, in every stage of life. He's speaking and he knows you. Who better to trust than one who knows you? I want to end with um, Psalm 139. It's going to be familiar to, to many. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. 
You know my thoughts, and when I am far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my heart. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God knows you. He knows you inside and out. You are his workmanship. And he has placed you in this time, in this family, in this job, in this season. And he's got good works, good things for you to do that he's prepared for you already. He's gone before you. And in this season, will you trust him? Will you listen to his voice? Will you obey what he is saying? Let's pray. God, I thank you that that we can trust you. Trust the one who knows us best. Trust the one who knows us inside and out. God, we can put our hope and our faith and our trust in one who knows us well. God, we trust that you knew what you were doing when you put us in the family that we're in, in the time that we're in, in the season that we're in, in the job that we're in. God, may we hear your voice better. May we know your word better. God, may we have an impact, be better moms and dads and husbands and wives and coworkers and bosses. God, may we impact everything around us because we are trusting and obeying your voice as you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.